This episode is brought to you by the Watershape Society. For episode 22, Paulo Benedetti sits down with one of his fellow SWD masters. We get an inside look at one of the co-founders of Ask the Masters, Rick Chafee. Hello and welcome to the Ask the Masters podcast. This podcast is dedicated to discussions about the design and construction of water shapes. The hosts of the show are all certified SWD masters who represent the leading builders and designers within the water shaping industry today. Rick founded Red Rock Contractors in 1998. Based out of Arizona, Rick has taken his education and his real life experience and applied it to Red Rock Contractors, Arizona's most complete custom residential and commercial contracting company. Along with reaching the highest level through the Genesis education system, he is also an instructor for Genesis University. Rick discusses how he got started and what helped him grow into one of the leaders in the pool and spa industry. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, about your um, education and uh, a little bit of your uh, background. So um, generally to get into the construction industry, I started working through construction when I was in in high school and college, obviously, it was a good way to make money, easy to, easy to work on the summers. So I started doing that. I thought I would get smart enough to get out of it, but it uh, stuck with me pretty well. And I, as I was graduating from high school, I wasn't sure what I was going to do in college. Um, you know, was decent at math and science, so they told me I should be an engineer. I don't think I knew what an engineer was. Um, so I went to ASU and got a degree in construction engineering, which is kind of a real light version of civil engineering. So we do a lot more business-related and construction-related activities, but still a decent amount of structural engineering and that kind of stuff so you kind of understand soils and structures and um, once I got into it I didn't think I'd really want to stick with it but it, once I started taking the classes it really kind of flowed and I really actually enjoyed it so I basically became a professional construction worker um, from ASU and then uh, was running my own business and firm while I was going to ASU so I could pay for college. Um, did a, had a framing company for a little while as well as worked as a project superintendent for a national home builder and did that mostly through college. As soon as I graduated from college, I was um, found a job as basically acting as a general contractor for a manufacturing firm. So I just started traveling the country and building their manufacturing facilities um, and retail centers, which was well over my head and certainly wasn't something that should have been provided as an opportunity. But uh, you know, kind of like anything else I've done, I just said, "Let's we'll figure it out." And kind of jumped fall feet. It was it was good uh, good good experience for sure. Trial by fire. Trial by fire and well and luckily nobody that worked in that firm knew anything about construction so even when I was making mistakes I was really answering to myself so um, I got to learn a lot on their on, the, on their dime and, and do a lot of construction for them so um, I wasn't trying to I didn't have to bid jobs and get work you know I was just doing work kind of on a cost plus so, basis. So when did you find or uh, found uh, Red Rock? Um, we did, I did that for about five years um, out, outside of college, and so, but I was traveling a lot. I was working out of state and traveling too much, so I decided I was going to settle down. I was getting married. I had a wife and wanted to have a fa- started to have a family already, yet I was start, starting to travel, so, or wanted to stop traveling. So I decided to found my own company, um, got licensed uh, on my own, and founded a company to do construction. Thought we'd be a custom home builder, um, and that's what we intended to be, and mostly that's what we did in the early days. Um, I mean, we did everything, to be honest with you. We weren't, it's not like we opened our doors and started building 20 custom homes a year. So we were, we'd dig a ditch if we had to. We'd do a little bit of landscaping. Um, and then initially I was on my own, just kind of finding my way through the weeds. I had a couple good projects lined up when I started the business, so it worked out to get started. And then we just kind of, you know, adapted and moved through. A couple years into that, um, I ended up running into a really good friend um, who, had, who I grew up with. Um, Short story is my parents actually bought their house when they moved. They moved to California. We moved into their house. We had known each other already, but so we've actually lived in the same house for quite a while. Um, we ran into him. He was he was a little bit involved in the pool industry, 
um, very very loosely. He was doing pool cleanups and that kind of stuff, but at least he had some no industry knowledge. And we had been dealing with pool contractors on some of our construction sites and been not really super happy with what they were doing. Um, definitely could tell that we were we, we didn't know more than them, but we didn't know less than them, and they and felt like we needed a little bit more sophistication in the pool side. So. Um, with him, we actually partnered together then. That was in, I think, about 99. So we partnered together and created a pool business as well. Um, mostly the intention was we were going to build our own pools. Um, didn't as, really, as part of your as part home, of our home, home building, yeah. We right. really didn't think we were going to become a pool builder. Um, certainly didn't think it would start to define our business at all. And so, um, But as soon as we did that, we started getting into projects that were over our heads as well. Um, knew we needed to start finding education. And then, you know, I think we... Um, planned a trip to go to an international pool show. See, if mostly I think we thought we'd go find you know, new new finishes and new stone and you know what people are doing in the pool industry and never been to like a building show like that before. Um, and signed up for some of the you know one hour Genesis courses and one hour APSP courses. And um, as luck would have it, I took a couple Genesis courses that kind of blew my mind a little bit and proved to me I was in a <clears throat> well over my head more than I thought I was. Um, but saw some of the things I would want to you know get attain as well. So. Um, as soon as I did that, we jumped in, started scheduling what classes were available. You know, with, um, with Genesis, you got to travel a little bit. So I just started finding the time. You know, I, I often hear people tell us, you know, I, I'm too busy. I don't have time. And, you know, it, it's you're never too busy to get an education. Um, the time it saves you down the roads, well worth it. Oh, um, absolutely. A few days out of your schedule. You know, it, it, it always seems like there's not enough time. But if you, you know, just like with vacations in my life, I, my wife's always, when, let's plan a vacation. I'm like, schedule it. It doesn't matter when she schedules it. If she schedules it, we'll go. There's we'll never block, We'll block the yeah, time out. Yeah, there's right. never going to be a time where I'm like, hey, you know what? Next week's a good time for us to go to California. Um, so just like that with education, there's a schedule. Pick the schedule, schedule your time, and go. Make you know, you'll you make know it happen. Most clients understand, you know, you tell them that I'm going somewhere to take classes to get better. Yep. They realize that you're going to be taking a week off. I'll still be answering the phones. We're just not going to be on your job site. Right. And, and now we're big enough now we've got staff and so that that's not as problematic but when yeah when you're a one or two guy, two man show it, a week in, in a schedule is is nothing if you've pre-planned it and prepared it you can easily get that done um, and it's you know you all you got to do is step into one of those two or three day classes and and you know it your, your brain just will start to spin to think of how much stuff you've already overlooked on other projects how many you're starting you know how many things you need to change on the project you have in the queue um, but it definitely, that, that, that was a real quick uh, realization to me that I needed to get every bit of the education I could. And so then I just marched around the country whenever I could and, and found a new class. Do you find that the, the Genesis classes, every time you take a new class, that you kind of go back and kind of reevaluate your business and, and has your business kind of evolved as you take new classes? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, obviously we, when we started building pools, we thought we were pretty good at building stuff and, and we, we thought our designs were good you know we were doing some of our own rough designs and when you it, when you start taking classes and start learning the all the nuances of the construction side and the engineering side and the um, design side you really quickly figure out how poorly you were doing in the, in the beginning and you can really look obviously there's good history with photographs of kind of what your first couple projects look like and what you can do today um, and most of that is, you know, you get a little bit of that from experience, but if you put experience and mix that with an education, um, especially on the design side, you know, you can't see the construction piece of it. You don't know that the hydraulics do or don't work. Um, you can see sometimes that it's not working, but in reality, the, it's the design piece and the, and the collaboration with all the different members of the group and, and, and staying keyed in to, to other people and other design work and actually just focusing on that. Um, all those influence your 
your, your, your next project at some level. You see something, some concept you might like or, or understand something better, how, how you can pull off a concept and then you start evolving as a designer and you really will tell that your projects, you know, when you look at, hopefully when you look at our projects from early on to what we do today, you know, it's, it's light years of difference. It's not just, oh, they got a little bit better at what they're doing. Um, you can see massive leaps in, in the quality level of the design, the quality level of the, or the complexity of what we're pulling off, and more importantly, how well it ties into the actual project and the overall composition. You know, it's not just, oh, look at this really cool project they built. When you step back, it, it worked into the entire environment. The, the, the one thing that I found in, in my business was being able to come back and be very critical of things that I've done in the past. Oh, yeah. and, be, and not be afraid to realize that, you know, that wasn't, we didn't do that quite right, so let's modify our plans or our processes moving forward so we don't make some of those same mistakes. And we do the same, and, and two things happen now. You know, one, our plans and our, or and our work product before it gets in the field is better, but now, we've, now we're also sending our staff that works for us to the same classes and the same education. You know, we tell them to do it one way or why we do it another way, but when you let somebody sit through the entire education process too and they, they start to understand why and not just, just, just because they really understand it, then they also continue to carry that same culture through. And, and same thing with our subcontractors, you know, just like you, when you've, we've worked with the same subs for, for 20 years now, they know the difference between other people's projects and a Red Rock project. They know that it's going to be managed differently. They know that we're going to their expectations will be different. Um, sometimes higher, maybe lower, but def definitely different. You know, we we don't follow the same protocols as everybody else. We have a way we want things done. Um, they don't always understand why. We try to educate them on the why, but it, there's no, no there's no doubt the difference is is staggering between a, someone that's building pools uneducated and people that are building them with an education. Have you ever sent any of your subcontractors to any education? We haven't. Um, we, you know, our, some of them are like our Shot Creek crews are, are, are certified and stuff, but um, most of our subcontractors don't. But they, I mean, I think they've gotten an excellent education from us. Um, but the uh, the individual pieces haven't. I know that our like our paver crews and those kind of guys have some of that some of that education and built in, but not any of them went to the classes like we have. My my electrician has taken does a lot of uh, his own education through like the industry, um, th working through the Pentera, Jandy, and goes to all there, so he really fully understands their systems. Um, and it, it wouldn't hurt them to start taking some of these classes, I think, but it, it's, a, it, you know, it's, it's good to work with someone for a long term because they start to really understand it your way anyway. Right, I've uh, a couple, of, um, for instance, tile setting manufacturers, I've, when I get the little three-day seminars or once in a while, I'll, I, yep. my mason crews aren't necessarily even online and right. sometimes say hey have you heard about this little three-day class let's go let's go together yep you know so i'll usually grab one or two key guys and say hey you know i'll cover you for a couple of days because yep. i know that that's going to reflect in my oh, in yeah. my projects yeah granted it's going to help all the other guys they work for too but it's going to be a direct reflection on me and the products that i use and on my projects. Well, definitely, I, I noticed with the trades when we when we're able to explain to them why we're doing stuff, not just the re, you know we give them a good reason to do it. They understand when we do it this way, it solves other problems down the road. They really start to change how they operate in the field. You know, a lot of times they don't understand why we're doing something, and a lot of times it's a huge pain in their ass, um, and they don't want to do it. But if they understood why we're doing some of those things, it changes um, their their whole perspective, and that's that's the education piece. That's why we, we we get our education. We try to get them educated just for that reason, so that they actually want to do it correctly, because um, now they understand the why. You know, I, I've actually started to see some some of that influencing actually happening in my local marketplace, and I actually hear the some of some other builders in my area will say, "Well, how does 
how does Benedetti do it? How does aquatic technology Absolutely. do it? Yeah. And I'm sure that you have that same influence in your local marketplace where some of the subs who work for some of these other builders yep. Yeah, because the same question. How do yeah, they do it? Since we work with subcontractors on a number of our projects, that absolutely happens. Um, some of the same tricks we're doing, they start doing. Some of the same details we do, they start doing. And, and to me, I don't see that being an issue. I mean, that's you know, that's somewhat flattering that that they respect what we're doing enough, um, and you know that they're that everybody's benefiting from a better better product, especially the clients. And and you'll see a few of those other builders starting to you know rise to the cream of the crop because they're 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 following the same philosophies. So out of all the Genesis classes, which is the one you think you've had has had the greatest impact on you know, your business and, and your projects? Um, I, you know, I think there's two segments to it because I think um, the, 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 the most important was the first one because that changed my entire philosophy on what we were doing. Um, I ended up taking intro to hydraulics before I took construction because of what the schedule was. Um, and I, I thought it was going to be way over my head and I thought I would, and I walked out of that class, you know, the f first break of that class and I had no, I had more information in my hands than I'd ever been able to find on the internet in any book. I mean, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kind of a studious kind of guy, so I kind of reach out for that stuff and I had, you know, in, in a matter of hours I had already attained more information than I could have consumed anywhere in the market. and so. That, that just put me into a tailspin of, man, I really need to get into this program. And so it made it, made, made the, that, that was just an epiphany to me to how much, how much I could learn and how quickly you could learn information. Um, and then the second piece of it was I've always been kind of interested in architecture and design and those kind of things, but I've never taken a, a you know, formal education in it. And so when I started, when I took the first elements of design class, um, and one, I think I suck at drawing, right? Um, before I take that class, I probably I still suck at drawing. But um, as I work through that class, and in a matter of days, I still have those drawings in my office, and I can look at them and, and be proud of what I was able to accomplish in a two-day period from what I thought, you know, I could barely put together chicken scratch and, and turn into something like, I think I could present that to a person and be like, wow, that looks great. Um, our business, we always, we started off using computers early, and all of my design work was always on computer because I wasn't good at drawing. Um, I didn't feel like I was anyway, and so... We always used CAD, and, and, and we were trying to stay ahead of the game and used, used programs for presentation that were better and better. And, you know, early days, color printers were a big thing. If you actually printed something in color, it looked good, you know. So we were always doing those things, but we never had, you know, a creative artistic hand. Um, and, and so taking that class, too, made me understand that you don't have, you know, some people are artists just naturally. They can draw a caricature or something, and it looks amazing, and they've never taken a formal education. But you can actually learn those things too and, and that, that taught me that, that, that we can become better as designers and, and better, more influential in the design world by actually getting an education in design too and so um, the, just the two intro classes were the important pieces to me because it actually made me realize that, that I can actually become much better and actually in a very short amount of time. I, you know, I've never became an artist either so don't feel bad but you know the one thing that I think I took away from the different drawing classes was being in the field it, you don't always have the opportunity to run back to the office and render something for somebody and a sub you know you might not have the detail might be in a plan but it might not be in such a format that somebody understands it you right. might have to draw it from a different angle so being able to take out a piece of paper or take out an iPad and be able to draw that detail for somebody and say well here's you know here's how it looks like from this different angle or here is it zoomed in a little more so you can kind of get a little better look at it being able to do that um, especially with all the different languages we have on a job site. So being able to actually show somebody a picture, because people are very visual. 
Oh yeah, I mean, I, if you ask anybody that works for me, I mean, I, I talk with a pencil and paper all, that's what I, no matter what I'm talking about, we can be doing math and we can have a conversation about politics and I'm gonna end up pulling out a piece of paper to draw something um, because it, that's just how I communicate now and, and it, just for that reason, I mean, I, when I sit down with one of my, one of my staff or we sit down with crews in the field, it, I, the first thing I'm gonna do is grab a set of plans and start drawing on it what I want them to understand um, and exactly for that reason. We, you know, 3D modeling has changed a lot and allowed it, we do a lot of that and that really allows us to take a lot of cut sections and show a lot of those details but it, we don't always know which detail to send to the field, um, especially on the drafting side. And then, and once you're out there, you might not have the piece you need, um, or you got to modify it. And yeah, we, I mean, we, I've, I've got thousands of pages of, of just simple sketches of details, and that's ex that's how I communicate now. Whether I'm using my hands to talk or whether I'm drawing it, it you know, I always do that. So are you guys using um, Revit for a lot of your yep. very large projects? We we use Revit 100%. Um, you know, we we started. We we've always tried to. I've always been impressed with good design um, and good quality of presentation and so always I feel like we've been at least as as far ahead of the game as we could be on the design side and and we've from from early CAD days to to 3D processes um, and, and we've been into we've been doing Revit now 100% on, on most of our work we still draft and, and uh, CAD work on some of our cross sections and details that we don't want to spend the, the time to model something more complexly but almost all of our projects now are 100% Revit um, and that's actually allowed us to get some of the some of the commercial projects we do. They'll go out to bid, and their only re only requirement is that you have to build design in Revit. Um, and so we, it's it's such a powerful tool. It's it's the learning curve is is astronomical. We've spent um, hundreds of thousands of dollars um, in software and, and staffing and learning to to get over the hurdle of of getting through it. Um, but now we're fairly efficient at it. And we, we can, you know, we, we, we actually have to be careful not to upstage some of the architects we work with um, because we're, we're more advanced sometimes than they are in those programs. And so we're, we're, we're cautious in, the, in, in architectural meetings even to make sure that if, if they're not running those programs already, we just kind of keep it back. But if they are running those programs, we're happy to tell them, oh, by the way, we'll, we do everything in Revit as well. We can integrate right with what you're doing. Yeah, it's a, it's a great program. Um, my, my firm, I, we don't work with it because of obviously the investment, but um, the few projects I've been involved with that use it, it's great at identifying um, conflicts where you've got pipes and duct work that are trying to occupy the same spaces and it's uh, being able to drop in you know, windows and doors and it, it's not like the old days where you have to go out and, and find uh, CAD drawings or renderings of windows to drop them into your plans. You literally just go to the window schedule and click them and they drop it in and it's telling you if there's headers of the right height yep. and window and, rough framings right size and the most powerful thing we use it for i think than anything is when we have equipment rooms you know we're, anytime we're dealing with equipment in a room i can guarantee you the room's too small right i've never found one that was so much real estate to work with i didn't know what to do with it um so we're always consolidating equipment and stacking and and, and because we're working in, in true true 3d modeling we're our fittings and valves and pipes and every pumps and filters we've modeled all that equipment so it is in there in true size and so we can actually work out all the problems um, and we can slide, let's put a pump over here and that, that's going to run in, so I'm going to have to cross lines here. We can, we can move all those pieces around and then once we're finished, we've done all the work that would have caused it to be ugly in the field because they would have, they wouldn't have, they would have been too lazy to move a pump. They'd be like, ah, we'll just route around. Um, but then when we're done, we can take a cross section through any section of the building, through the floor and the walls, and we can get our, you know, our, our pipe layout going through walls, through floors with exact dimensions, where we need them, exactly where we want them. Um, and be able to hand that stuff to plumbers and, and not say, hey, just run, you know, some of our projects will have 20, 30 pipes coming through a wall. You know, that's what I've seen as, the, as probably the 
most beneficial in laying out the equipment room is, is where the sleeves are going because right. you're casting those walls sometimes months or a year or years in advance before the right. plumbing's going in or being completed. And to go back in and core sometimes, you might not even have access to the negative side of the wall. Right. Well, and oftentimes, we, you know, and we've done it too, we've come through into equipment room in, in a huge bundle of pipes in whatever random order we set them in. And once we get in the room, now we got to find a way to route them in all these weird directions. And no matter what, we run into problems. Um, we can always work around it, but it's not the most efficient or clean way to do it. So that, those, that, that little piece of it alone is dramatically helpful. And, and we've worked on projects with other Genesis guys too and help model when we're working with acrylic panels. And, and you get, you know, it, you don't think it's complicated, but when you've, you run a Lautner edge detail that then ties to an negative edge detail that then ties over an acrylic panel. We've done a job like that with Drakeley. And if we hadn't modeled that job, we wouldn't have been able to figure out what those interactions were going to be when we run into each other. Um, it and seems how those elevations were going to interface right, with each yeah, other. Right. Yeah. As you turn a corner with a with it with something at one angle, and you got to tie it to the next angle, and then the deck's going to overhang. Well, actually, oh wow, I can stand out here and look at. Wow, that's going to look terrible. We got to change right. the way we did that. Let's turn the edge the other way. Okay, that's all. You know, so um, you get so much out of it that way. It's it's such a powerful tool. It's it's worth working for, with for sure. Um, it doesn't work on all projects. You're you're inefficient um, if it's a simple project. It just won't be efficient because um, it takes so much upfront information to get a model working. Um, but if if and especially if you're very if like us, we're very cu custom work. We don't repeat things very often. It's it's a super. Um, program if you're repeating stuff. If you're doing a four-story building and all the same, um, you literally can just cut and paste. Like cut a hotel. Paste, yeah, hotels. <laughs> um, but it also on big commercial projects, like we're, we're working on one now where we're, most of our water features are on plaza deck and we have to go into the parking garage. Well, we have a model from them with mechanical, electrical, plumbing, everything, and so and all the beams, all the columns, so we know what elevation we need to run our pipes at. We can model all that out and know where we have to make our runs. And get very precise takeoffs. Exactly, and also. and and just know that we're you know we can find problems early on and say, hey, we can't come down here because we're going to run into this beam, that wall, and you have an HVAC duct we can't get around unless you move the HVAC to the other side. And so maybe we've already solved a problem for them down the road because they had they could figure out they should go underground with the HVAC or something because there's no other way for us to get to the same place. Right. So um, it's, it's a really cool program. Um, it's, it's worth using for sure. And then we can turn that into, uh, you know, we have different rendering systems we use outside of that program to make them photorealistic. And it, it's just unbelievable what you can do with so, it. So Red Rock, you, you've really evolved in, into uh, basically a, a full-service company. So you now have architects on staff, engineers on staff. Yep. So we, you know, we, it, we evolved over time sort of intentionally, but not even that much intentionally. I think we we became, we, we started doing more and more design work. Um, and, and when we were working with designers outside of our staff, it's they're tough to control if they're outside your office. Um, and sometimes you need information fairly quickly. Um, especially changes or modifications, and, and so we were doing a lot of that anyway. Um, most of our bigger projects we were sourcing out, but we, we really didn't feel like we are getting enough back fast enough. And for us, part of the design process figures out the construction process, um, and I think that's the power behind a design-build firm is as you're doing the design work, you're already learning and you, under, you don't get thrown a set of plans that are 20, 30 pages, 100 pages deep and have to digest that while you're putting together pricing. By the time we're getting to that point, we've our our, our project manager's already been on the design in the design offices too, and they've they've kind of learned the project. They know it in and out before we actually start construction. You've kind of already wrapped your brain around the processes that you're going to be oh, yeah. uh, implementing out in the field. And and because we're designing it, we're we're not designing some things that we know don't work. You know, we, we can we can work those systems out in the field. And so so over the years, yes, we now have an, you know on staff licensed architects because we're doing building construction still just like we were before, um, both commercial and residential. And then we have full you know a civil engineer on staff. We don't do a lot of our own structural engineering because we're not certified in every state. 
Um, we use we use our staff for for the initial design work and and some simple engineering processes. But we usually hire out a third party for all the the heavy structural. Um, but we do all of our own internal hydraulics. We do hydraulics for you know a number of other companies and firms across the country. Um, because they don't have that staff, and so we we were able to you know design our own work or design work for others, and 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 turn that into a revenue generator just as much, and it allowed us to increase the capacity and abilities of that design company, because now it's outsourced too. If it was right. just supporting us, it would be harder to support it. Um, same reason we use subcontractors a lot. It, it's because we don't have a high production all and the time. Enough volume to you keep know, them and, busy, right? And and then we'd spend more time keeping them busy. You know, if we had three mason crews, we'd be struggling to make sure we had other masonry work um, when we didn't have our own mason work and same thing on the design side um, we were cross-training a lot of people so they could do design and construction um, and that worked great but now we've gotten to a point where we can have designers and contract and project managers and, and superintendents and so it's made us much more dynamic in the field and we're able to really be um, you know we've, we've turned simple little projects for one client into a you know a whole year's worth of work for the same client because we came and look at a little pool project for him and oh he happens to build own restaurants and he needs to build a restaurant oh right. we do that oh you do oh yeah we just finished two we just designed and built oh right. what wow. so boom we just parlayed a, a, a great relationship into an even better one with lots more work so being so close to asu do you have uh, any type of internship uh, opportunities? Do you, do you pull from the university or we haven't work yet. with them? We haven't yet. Um, we've got a few employees that have been students of ASU, but we've actually just now started. We're One of the things we're struggling to find is Revit operators. Um, and so we've been looking to hire as we speak. And there's an ASU doesn't even have a Revit program, if you can believe that. So um, It sounds like a great program. You should start well, so with them and absolutely. collaborate with so, the university. So, so the architect that works for me is starting to try to figure out inroads to do that with either ASU or MCC, one of our community colleges, because there, there's a huge need for it. Um, but same same issue, you know. We we actually just interviewed a guy that was a you know taught Revit, and we brought him in, and, and everything sounded great. We interviewed him; he was good, and then we put him through a practical. We've learned that when we hire a designer, we make him actually prove they can design. Um, and we sat him in front of a Revit station, and he was struggling to find the on button. You know, right. um, wasn't that bad? But I mean, it, it, he was he was teaching about. Revit. He wasn't teaching Revit. Right. Um, so he, he was explaining to his architecture students how powerful it is and some of the nuances of how you could use it, but actually hasn't ever sat down and used it. So, um, and we find that often, you know, so we've, we, we are in the process of, of trying to find a way to create that, that relationship because there's a need for the students, there's a need for us, and we could easily work together. Awesome. So uh, why don't you tell us about your, the favorite, your most favorite project uh, that you've done to date? Hmm. I, you know, I got, I got a ton of we got a ton of whether really it's cool the client yeah. or the actual so, physical yeah, I was project say, or, you know, or some, the location. Yeah. Sometimes clients ruin the uh, project for you, but um, and and often is the case. Sometimes a great project that you love is is, is made tough because of the client. But um, I, I think one of our it's fairly recent project too. But I think we when we did our, we did a rooftop pool that had acrylic panels and all glass tile. Um, I, I, that was one of our. If you look at all the complexities of what's going on there, um, it's got about everything you could possibly throw at a project, and we've actually used it for some project profiles since then, because um, it's got acrylic panels. It's it's an all concrete structure that's actually the structure. It doesn't actually bear on anything other than columns below. So the floor of the pool is the structure of the building. Um, the equipment room sub subterranean. It's got a lot in edge detail. Um, you know, spa and pool. So it's got all these moving parts. It's all glass interior. Is some of the building, the building structure actually bearing as part of that? Some so of the same yeah. Walls? So the, the the cool thing about that project and the and and about having a design firm like we have, we were brought in to build a pool on top of the structure. Um, and when we looked at the project, it, literally the pool was drawn as one foot deep. 
because the customer wanted a rooftop pool. The architect didn't know what to do with it necessarily yet. And, and you know, he would have figured it out, but he hadn't had the time to invest into that piece of the project yet. So it was just a pool sitting on top of the structure, and, and he had went with what the engineers were doing structure-wise. Well, the structure was almost three feet deep. Um, and so we didn't have room to build a pool without building this big mass on top of a, a you know, and the architecture is very contemporary, very linear um, lines everywhere. And so we, when we got brought in, um, we, we went to the architect and the owner and said, can we invest some time and change the concept here? Because I don't think we can build an architecturally pleasing swimming pool on the top of your Is this structure. the one over the garage mm -hmm. with all the, all yep. the cars? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay, I, mean, I know so, that project. So we were able to get in early enough and re-engineer the project with, with the architect involved. And so we worked together and, and took out the structure that was the, what, where the pool was going to be and then engineered our pool to become the structure. So we still sat on the same masonry columns that were going to be there before. But now the pool itself became the structure and then the back of the, the what was the garage now is hung on the back of the pool. Now it took a lot more engineering. It's obviously more risky to do it that way. Um, we we kind of lost our ability to have a secondary waterproofing layer because we are the only piece right. that's there. But uh, you know, I'm proud of the fact that when we were done, you know, we 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 complemented the architecture dramatically, and it, and it and it looks and feels like it was as as it should have been from day one. And and I think the architect would have got there without us at some point because he would have he would have struggled through. But the pool builder. Our, our abilities to be a design firm, an architectural firm, as well as a co pool contractor allowed us to really come in there and I think seamlessly tie those two together. And, and then, then the process of building it then became the next challenge, right? Now we found a way to tie it all together, but now, wow, I got to waterproof it, I got to put acrylic panels in it. You know, when, when we do a building over or pool over structure, we'd like to tank test it. Right. We can't tank test it if there's no walls. Well, there's no right. walls because it's acrylic panels. Um, and you got to get so far down the road to, to where you can set your acrylic panels. If you're not waterproof, you have problems. Um, so we, so it, we, you know, we, we were able to pull it all together, and it was a really, and really fun and successful project. So, um, and knowing that there were going to be a couple million dollars with the car sitting underneath, oh, yeah. added yeah. a little, oh, yeah. a little yeah. bit more risk, yeah. to, risk it. to it. Um, and there's other pro pieces of that project where there's big water features everywhere else, but it, that little piece of it, um, it's one of our smaller overall pools, right? And that's that's what I find usually is the big, huge, massive projects. They allow you to have a lot of freedoms. But they're not the they're not the most challenging. It's the it's the ones when you have to do something really cool in a small space that now you're going to be challenged. Yeah. And that to me that's what that's what keeps me driving. I you know if we're building the same pools every day, I think I'd be very bored of it, and I wouldn't moved on to something else. I'd be you know I'd be working at Home Depot or something. Well, but. we're all we're all ADHD and Type A personalities, so. Yeah, that's one of the things that I found too is that the smaller the project and the more confined the space, usually the more difficult the project is because the elevations become a lot more critical and the tolerances become so much tighter. Oh, yeah. It's almost like you're becoming a, um, a gemologist yep. and you're having to cut raw diamonds and make everything fit and work out perfectly. Where if it's a very, very large project on a big estate and the pool's out in the middle of the yard, you know, if the elevation's off an inch, it's not as critical as when you're right up tight against the building and they're concerned about water flowing in under the doors and, oh, yeah. and everything else. Well, and then you bring a lot more edge detail into it, so now your water is at deck level, and now deck level, it looks like you said, everything's got to drain properly. Everything, there has to be some perfection to what you're doing, and so it definitely changes the, the, the game quite a bit. And it, and it allows you to prove that you're, you're able to do things that other guys can't. You know? And that, I think that's what's fun to me, too, is we, we step outside of our comfort level, too, and then, and then knock it out of the park. It, it kind of gives you at least some you know, makes, makes you happy you can pull it off. It's kind of funny you mentioned that about doing things that are out of your comfort level. I think that's one of the things that's really unique about this the Genesis group is that um, everybody's willing to take on projects that have never been done before. And right. the guys are, um, I had one of my subcontractors kind of use the analogy of we're like astronauts. 
who were willing to get strap this rocket on our back and blast into space and not know what we're going to find right. until we come back to Earth. Yeah. If we're going to come back to if Earth. We come back, right. Well, I think because we're in that, because so many of us are work together too. We, you know, even on that project, I, I don't know specific items, but I know I, I'm sure I collaborated with a few other individuals in the Genesis program to say, hey, here's what we're doing. What do you think of this idea? Um, just to bounce it off them, and 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 some of those, if we put it all together, probably everybody in our group has done a piece of that project or some sort of similar item, and so we can come together with a great solution um, to projects that aren't put have never been done before. But once they're all together, wow! If you think about, oh, Paul has done something like that, and Rick's done something like that, and Bill did this and you know it, it's all that that's part of the collaboration piece too but it gives you being a part of this group gives you a huge amount of um, confidence because you have you do have resources when there's when there's problems that maybe you haven't seen before you can find a way to get around them and you have someone to ask those questions for so uh, your company how many employees do you actually have on payroll on payroll now we have about 28 employees Wow um, we don't have a lot of field crew we have about seven that work in the field as far as um, labor type work um, and then we've got a number of project managers, superintendents, and then design firms. So, um, you know, we, we, we do a reasonable amount of work and we work in, in, in both the commercial and residential world and, and we don't really have, on the pool side, we do a lot of pools and so the pools is the, almost the most consistent of our business now, it didn't used to be, um, but now our construction side is, a, we do very unique construction um, for, for our unique clients really. You know, we've, we've done enough work over the years with high net worth individuals that they tend to feed us a lot of work. Um, they, they, you know, when, they, when you've got enough money, you seem to have projects in different states um, and different types. Um, we've got an underground shooting tunnel we're doing. We've got a legit, you know, uh, 1200 foot long go-kart track we're building for a client. It goes, you know, it's got bridges and road. I mean, it's just, you know, the nicest go-kart track you could ever have and, and more better than a commercial go-kart track. Um, big koi fish ponds. Um, and then we've got, you know, a, $8 million custom home we're doing. So it just it kind of depends um, what, what, our, what our clients are looking for. We're, we're very diverse in our abilities. You know, we've, we've done enough construction of all sorts that we can be really refined. We've built cabins up in the mountains. We've built pools off the side of cliffs and we build, you know, big pre-engineered metal buildings. So it awesome. just depends what the client needs. Thanks for uh, being on uh, Ask the Masters and uh, hope to see you again. Yep. Appreciate being here. Yep, thanks. Thanks for listening to the Ask the Masters podcast. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page each week on Tuesdays for new episodes of the show. I also want to encourage you to stop by the Ask the Masters Facebook page and invite other like-minded individuals to join us there as well. Feel free to jump into the conversations and even post your own questions. We want to create a community which fosters learning and discovery for the betterment of us all. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to subscribe and feel free to share.